The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, and get 100 at the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it again? everybody to the NFL Gambling Cop Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, uh, January the 17th, and we are done with the wild card round of the NFL playoffs, and which means we are moving on to the divisional round. I am your host, Ryan McIntyre, aka Moneyline Mac, and we're switching it up a little bit this week. Some scheduling conflicts with not being on our usual Monday recap time with the Monday Night Football um wild card game last night so we switch it up we're on tuesday and sliding in the third man in the booth j mark football is back uh you everybody knows him from the wednesday show when we preview usually the am games but uh j mark football what's up man how are you doing doing pretty good we had a, a great weekend of playoff football uh there's a lot of good games no doubt and i i like the super car super wild card weekend is i guess what they call it now but my favorite round is the one coming up because I think you usually have the eight best teams, although uh, three of them I don't care for, but we'll get into that when we do <laughs> recap all uh, six games from this last weekend. What'd you think of the action this weekend? Uh, what was the first thing that catches your eye? Points, lots of scoring. Um, yeah. Most of these games hit the overs. That was crazy. And then just the, the epic collapse by the chargers. Um, that was, that was insane. Didn't, didn't foresee that coming. Wish I had. Could have done a nice uh, in-game bet on the Jaguars. Not like the guy that did the in-game bet on the Chargers for $1.4 million. <laughs> Is Ouch. that not the worst bet of all time? Yeah. You know, I always I see those giant bets, and they lose, and they make a deal about it. But if you're betting that, I don't know if it, it matters to you if you lose that kind of money. Well, that I mean, that's my whole point is like, yeah. what's the point of betting a million dollars to win 400? You don't need yeah. the $400 at that point. True. And yeah. the odds of, and if you're going to bet a 27, nothing lead, do so with a team or an organization that doesn't have a history of choke jobs, <laughs> right. AKA the yeah. LA Chargers. So <laughs> yeah, wild stuff. When I saw that, I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Yeah, that was insane. Insane. Um, other than I, you mentioned it though, the overs go what five and one on the weekend, the dogs, I think covered four out of six and the favorites went four and two as well. So not a chalky weekend, but for the most part, I mean, the, the two dogs that hit were the two shortest dogs, the New York football giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars, both were two and a half to three point underdogs. Uh, I know the Buccaneers were also in that, um, realm as well but obviously they were uh not close to pulling the upset against the dallas cowboys last night nowhere close <laughs> yeah no and now now the question 
presents itself is it, where does Tom Brady go from here? I, it sounds like from the press conference post game that there's no way he's going to be back in Tampa. That's the first thing. If he is back, I, there is a chance, I guess, he could retire. But, I mean, this is the same guy that gave up his family. I don't see him retiring on that note. So, if you had to make an early wager or guess or prediction on where Tom Brady plays in 2023, where would you say? New Orleans Saints. I think he's going to stay in that division, jump over there, and uh, see what he can do for the Saints. Uh, Obviously, they don't care about Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton isn't a quarterback that can win enough games, and Taysom Hill is a running back tight end wide receiver. So um, I think it would be interesting if he switched over there. Well, I actually think? think I think that'd be a great move. Uh, I I kind of think Vegas just because of his yeah. history with McDaniel's, and they are already saying that they're going to trade Derek Carr, and they were rumored back in 2020 of getting Tom Brady, but elected to stay with Derek Carr, and then the famous quote of Brady going, "You chose that fucking guy over me." So classic <laughs> Tom Brady just find himself find a way to motivate himself for no reason. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would probably say Vegas, but I mean, I've heard Tennessee that makes sense with Vrabel, the history there in new England, True, but I, I like the saints angle because that division sucks. I mean, they, yeah. we saw it this year. They won it at eight and nine. The Saints should have won the division and they didn't have Tom. Brady. Well, Tom Brady was the only reason they didn't win the division. So uh, I do like that angle with the saints and maybe Sean Payton will join it too. I, I heard a potential reunion too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I did like all the uh, memes last night that said Tom Brady left his wife and kids to get blown out by the Cowboys in the playoffs. You know, that <laughs> doesn't really get much lower than that. Low. Yeah, it that, is. <laughs> it is an all time low because Dallas doesn't beat anybody in the playoffs. And right. they're what their first road win in 30 years. And now Jerry's comparing his team to the 90s all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, classic <laughs> out was this good? There's no way this doesn't end bad, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping that they were going to blow that lead, but obviously they did not do so. And all our Dallas Cowboys fans get to get their hopes up for another week. So congratulations to you guys. Not saying I'm happy for you, but hey, congrats. You guys, well-earned victory. You dominated that game, and especially on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, for sure. And now we have three NFC East teams moving on in the playoffs, and I'm sure that just makes you so happy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go log off now. See you guys. Have a good show. <laughs> J Mark's got this all by himself. Yeah, no, I tweeted it out. Can, is there a scenario where all three can lose? Because if there is, so maybe Ron, maybe that's what Ron meant when he said, uh, "Are we eliminated from the playoffs?" Maybe he's trying to figure <laughs> out how all three can lose in only two games. Yeah, no, uh, sick to my stomach that one of them is at least going to be in the NFC Championship. And yeah, I'm a Niners fan now. That's all I could say. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm rooting for him, too. So let's go Niners. No doubt. And so uh, looking ahead to the divisional round, there's four games, and we will look at those at the end of the show. But if you're looking to get down and get in on some action on the divisional round coming up, no better place to do so than WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including a live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play. Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet 100 to get 100. Limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so that they know that we sent you. That's the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older in the same state. Playthrough Winbet is available. If you or someone has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right, J-Mark. Different format. I almost said, all right, let's dive into uh, the Sunday morning slate. <laughs> right. <laughs> creature habit here. But uh, we're going to recap each and every game, the, the six games that we talked about. And then at the end, we'll look ahead to the four divisional rounds, maybe some early lanes. We, uh, you and I will be on to preview the Sunday games, I believe now. Yeah. Yep. It seems like that. So that Terrell can talk about the giants. Yeah, no, it's just what we need <laughs> to hear more, more pro giants talk, but, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Those episodes will be out later in the week. Um, obviously with the Saturday, Sunday format, but we'll lead it off here. Uh, and we'll recap the first game of the super wildcard weekend where the San Francisco 49ers laid it on the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks actually led at halftime, believe it or not, 17-16. J. Mark, uh, no surprise here. Uh, San Fran moving on. Yeah, I thought for a second. I was like, okay, Brock Purdy being a rookie, it's catching up with them. Seahawks are going to at least keep this close. I didn't think the Niners were going to lose, but I thought they would keep it close. Um, and then it was just a completely two different teams in that second half. This is really interesting, though, because Brock Purdy obviously being Mr. Irrelevant, mm -hmm. um, and they gave so much up to get Trey Lance. If he takes them to the Super Bowl, and, you know, I think we already talked about this a little bit, but if he takes them to the Super Bowl, even if they don't win, how do they go back to Lance at that point? I think that's got to be Brock Purdy's team until he blows it, doesn't it? Yeah, you can't go back to Trey Lance. I mean, I, no. I don't even think that's a if, – if they do, that's madness because Brock Purdy's their guy going forward. He's a better Jimmy Garoppolo is what he is. Yeah, I mean, he's for sure. He's playing his ass off. There's no other way to put it. I mean, 18 to 30 for 330 and three touchdowns. I mean, no big deal for your first ever uh, playoff career start. <laughs> I thought – I thought Seattle played well. They were ready to go right from the get-go. The weather was kind of favored Seattle because they could muck it up a little bit. But mm -hmm. then as soon as uh, the sun came out in the second half, it was uh, the wheels fell off for Seattle because uh, San Fran just blew it wide open. The The fumble sack of Geno Smith really turned around the game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there's another quarterback question. Is Geno Smith, do they um, extend him? Is he back next year for them? Um, going to be interesting to see what they decide to do there. I agree, and it's, it's crazy. Gino had a hell of a year. We can all agree on mm -hmm. that. I mean, obviously, they ended up being in the playoffs while the Denver Broncos were not. So shout out to Gino for taking advantage of an opportunity to get himself paid in the offseason. Looking at what Gino Smith finished for the year, he finished uh, throwing for 4,200 yards, which was eighth, good enough for eighth in the NFL. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I Saw some people joking that he shouldn't have been a Pro Bowl, but if you look at the whole body of work, I mean, he was a Pro Bowler, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And, and he, it just seems like he had that team believing. Seems like yes. he was the force behind their belief and the fact that they thought they weren't out of any game. Um, and just great leadership. It's, it's a good story for him, obviously. Started his career not so good, bounced around, and now to kind of land on his feet and get some success especially after I don't think a lot of people had um, high hopes for him this year. I mean, they trade Russell Wilson away and decide they're going with Gino and everybody kind of thought it was a joke, you know, but yeah. um, so good for him for, for helping get that team to the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. Let Gino cook was uh, the theme this year <laughs> not, not let Russ cook. Um, Christian McCaffrey on the other side, once again, unbelievable for the Niners, 15 carries for 119. That's good enough for eight yards of carry. Hashtag good. Um, 
And then Debo, I mean, the other dynamic tool that they have on that offense, six catches for 133, and then uh, they didn't even get Kittle that much involved. This Niners offense just has so many weapons for Brock Purdy. They really do. They have uh, a ton. I mean, even Kittle, but then um, Elijah Mitchell, their backup running back, is still yeah. an excellent running back um, and a guy that's going to keep Christian McCaffrey fresh. So I think that's really important, especially right now down the stretch. You know, Christian McCaffrey is going to be able to sit a couple series out, keep those legs turning. Yeah, no, we both agree. This Niners team is rolling, and hopefully they win the NFC for my sake. But, uh, yeah, the <laughs> Niners uh, roll over the Seahawks. Seattle's eliminated. They have a high draft pick because of the Russell Wilson trade. But the Niners are moving on, and they will play Sunday night at 6.30 Eastern, against the Dallas Cowboys, who we'll touch on here in a minute. But before that, we are going to go over to the nightcap of that Saturday night. And what a game it was, unless you were Al Michaels uh, and uh, Tony <laughs> Dungy, with the worst call in NFL history. Yeah, no big deal. They just came back from 27 nothing in an NFL playoff uh, game. Only the third greatest comeback in NFL history. The Jacksonville Jaguars come back from 27, win 31-30, Man, get, give me some thoughts on this one. This this was wild. Trevor yeah, Lawrence. It, yeah, it is wild. And um, I, I know the Chargers fi- fired their offensive coordinator, but everybody should be gone. When you have Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler on offense, and then a defense that's pretty loaded too with um, – you got Khalil Mack, obviously, the other Bosa. I mean, they have a good defense – there's no reason they should have lost this game when you're up 27 to nothing. Anyways, you shouldn't lose, but the fact that they have so much talent and they lose unbelievable. Um, and they should just clean house. I think I agree with you. I don't get keeping Brandon Staley. That's a dead end. And yeah. I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing you're thinking during that game when they jumped on 27, nothing. I'm like, all right, so Buffalo and Cincinnati are probably going to win. They'll play each other. I was like, could the chargers give the chiefs a game? I said they have the horses, especially up front with Bosa and Mack, and then outside they mm-hmm. get Mike Williams back with Keenan Allen. But this this team is missing something. I think it's on the coaching end of things because this team has way too much talent to blow. Well, any team should not blow a 27-point lead. But <laughs> right. that's beyond the point that this team has more talent than the Jacksonville Jaguars. This should be a divisional round AFC championship type team, but – with the inconsistent coaching, just the up and down throughout the year with this L.A. Chargers team. And quite frankly, man, they don't utilize Herbert's strengths at all. No, no. And time really is ticking for this team, I feel like. Eckler's getting older. Um, Williams hasn't been able to stay healthy his whole career. Allen's getting older. Mac is obviously getting older. They're going to have to um, hand out some big contracts if they want to keep main guys pretty soon here. The, the time is ticking. Yeah, Herbert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So this might have been their shot. They might have one other good year here, but then I think things start getting really uh, sketchy for them. So it's unfortunate for any Chargers fans. Um, Justin Decker, you know, we hear the the SGP talk about Justin Decker. Unfortunate for all of them um, to have to live through that. Yeah, no doubt. Like you said, man, they're going to have to pay Herbert here soon. He's not going to be on that rookie contract much longer. So their, their defense won't be as good, at least on paper. Uh, their defense yeah. was awful in the second half. But let's go on the other side of things. How about the job Doug Peterson has done this year? Unbelievable. Yeah. 
No, I agree. Um, definitely turn that program around. Obviously, number one pick to the playoffs, now winning the first playoff game. And this is a guy, a coach that's got the experience, obviously, in these big games in the playoffs, in even the Super Bowl, that um, he can he can play to his team's strengths. And he does a very good job at that. Um, and they they didn't start out very pretty in, in the season or this game, but um, a hell of a job by him kind of turning things around. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned it. I mean, they were two and seven and they had the bye and then kind of just got it rolling after that and, and won the comeback against Tennessee to win the division. And then there's no bit there's no lead that's too big for them. I mean, we saw them what uh week what was it, sixteen against Dallas, where they were down seventeen midway through the third quarter, and that was the first game where I was like, Okay, this team has got some mojo going on right now because Dallas yeah. is a quality team and for Jacksonville just to keep clawing and coming back. That was impressive, and then obviously they did it again here these last two weeks. And I mean, Trevor Lawrence, kudos to him, man. Hats off to him. I mean, four interceptions through uh, his first sixteen passes. A lot of guys would just mentally melt. He yeah. he bounces back for four touchdowns on top of those four interceptions. So obviously not one of his more efficient games with the four interceptions, but definitely one of the more resilient games in NFL history. You feeling all right there, Ryan? You just said Dallas was a quality team. You, uh, okay? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to. I, I, I'm going to take the Stephen A. approach and talk them up all week so that they can lose. There you go. There you go. I, I trashed them all week and then they beat the shit out of the Bucks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, somebody just took over my mic. I think. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, do the yeah. do the Jaguars? Um, they got a chance against the Chiefs, don't they? I think so, and they met. What was that? It was. I want to say it was early November when they met. It was, I'm pulling up the schedule. It was week number 10. And the final score was 27-17 for the Chiefs winning in Arrowhead. But I that game was closer than the score reflected because the mm-hmm. Jaguars kicker missed a couple big kicks uh, down the stretch and an extra point. So I kind of like the Jags to cover the number in an early lean here. So we'll, I uh, do too. But stay tuned. We're obviously going to preview all those games uh, later in the spoiler, week. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, the other thing is with the injury reports, a lot can change between now and then with the number over under, et cetera. So, but, yeah, I think you and I both agree the Jaguars do have a shot on Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Agreed. There we go. Dougie P, moving on. Great job. <laughs> all right. We will transition into the Sunday slate, and we'll lead it off in a game where you and I – Ate shit on to be honest. I mean, we both yeah. thought that this was going to be a route, and it started out as a route, seventeen nothing. But the Buffalo Bills had to do; they had to hang on for dear life coming down the stretch, and they get by the Miami Dolphins. And honestly, I I know Mike McDaniel's getting a lot of hate, but I thought he actually coached a good game in terms of all things considered. You third string quarterback, you're playing the juggernaut Buffalo in Buffalo. What'd you think of this game? Obviously, we both uh, missed on our lock here with the Buffalo Bills not covering this 13 and a half. Yeah, I felt so confident at first when it was 17 <laughs> nothing. And it's like, this is going to be the route we thought it was. Um, you're exactly right, though. I mean, you're you're down to a third string quarterback and not just a third stringer, but a guy that does not have much experience at all. Um, so the fact that they kept it this close with their their defense playing pretty good, their offense got um, moved the ball much better than I expected. Um, so hats off to him. And then on the other side for the Bills, gosh, I don't know. Josh Allen's got to stop making mistakes or they no will doubt. not survive the Bengals. Agreed. 
And if they do, they won't beat the Chiefs. Like, yeah, th- these turnovers are are puzzling. And I know, yeah. I know, Kramer's got the theory. It's because Dayball's not there, but which actually <laughs> might have some truth to it because I mean, he is making some of the biggest boneheaded mistakes I've ever seen from a elite guy, and that's what he is. And mm-hmm. Skylar Thompson statistically did not finish with a good day, eighteen of forty five for two twenty, but his receivers did him no favors. Jalen yeah. Waddle dropped at least three balls. Tyree Kill dropped, I think, one or two that I remember. And who else? Oh, uh, uh, they, how do you pronounce the tight end's name again? I I always say that the guy that loves dancing, he's got he's got the touchdown dance every time he scores. Yeah, Jusicki. I never I call him Mike. That's what I call him. Yeah, there you go. He dropped a, one down the seam as well. Mm-hmm. That would have been a huge gain. And they just get uh, when you have a third string quarterback, you can't be dropping balls left and right. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like that kind of threw things off right away. I mean, he had that big pass to Jalen Waddle, hit him right in the hands, and he drops it. That kind of as a quarterback, a young quarterback who's trying to, you know, in a hostile environment, it just throws your rhythm off right away. You get a little discouraged, and he obviously wasn't able to overcome it, but. I, I agree. Those receivers did him no favors at all. And he was every pass perfect. No, but he was putting it where they could make plays. They could catch it and they just weren't. Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred uh, percent. You think the bills can turn this around? I mean, I, I know that they've won and honestly, look, I think it is funny because the bills, I think are getting a little bit of a bad rap in terms of they're not playing well. Um, they're they're just thinking by they're bound to get upset because they've won two four six they've won eight in a row and i i mean they know what the goal is to beat the kansas yeah. city chiefs and cincinnati Bengals compared to when the chiefs just sneak by teams like the houston texans or um who oh denver broncos it's like oh the chiefs are just going through the motions like it, mm-hmm. like it, it, they're literally doing the exact same thing in my opinion but the chiefs always get a pass because i guess they've they, they've won a super bowl but, I mean, both teams are on a collision course. They have been since yeah. day one, I think. It, well, and or we're going to feel really silly when it's a battle of the Cats when the Bengals play the Jaguars in the AFC championship That'd be great. game. It would, yeah. Um, yeah, these Bills, I agree. All they do is win, but it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't matter if you're winning games, obviously. But um, this Bengals team, they got to play as a, a whole different team. They're also doing nothing but winning. So, yeah, I think the the Bills are kind of on a, an alert here that they have to play a clean game next yeah. Sunday. Clean next two games, too, because it's like yeah. they, it's Super Bowl or bust for them. Like you mentioned, yeah. the window with the L.A. Chargers, the Bills this year is their window. They yeah. need to win the Super Bowl this year for because I mean they're going to start losing guys on the defensive side. Obviously, they are banged up in the secondary. Everybody knows what happened a couple of weeks ago when they played Cincinnati, the game that never got finished. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting when those two get together on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, get and, your popcorn ready. Yeah, no kidding. It'll be a great game. And and if you think about it, just I mean, obviously, we only had seven minutes of that game, but both teams moved the ball well. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting if we have a high-scoring affair here that comes down to the last seconds. Yeah, no, I don't anticipate anything else. So looking forward to that one, and we will have that preview later in the week. So stay tuned, and we'll cover the Bengals here in a second. But we got to go to the game that was up next on the slate. And this is our dog. Me and you nailed this dog. They rematch of a couple weeks ago in Minnesota. 
The Vikings confirmed the biggest fraudulent 13 win team in <laughs> NFL history. That, and we, we all saw this coming in. The Giants, give them credit, man. Uh, Danny Dimes or Dan Jones, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> he was really good on Sunday. So, uh, he was. what's your takeaways from this one other than uh, Dan Jones with uh, playoff win number one? Yeah, um, that was great. And just classic Kirk Cousins. I mean, you come down to the wire with a, an opportunity to win and you blow it. I mean, that's that's exactly we, Check we it talked out. about it. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it in the preseason. We said this team's going to make the playoffs and then they're going to blow it because it's Kirk Cousins. It's going to be like a prime time. And that's exactly what happened. They 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 had a great year, better than anybody expected, I feel like. And the the first game in the playoffs, they they lose to a team that they probably shouldn't have lost to, but they did. So um, I I don't know if they I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team with Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback, but he's a safe guy, and he just can never win these big games. It seems like. Yeah, and I'm not going to put it all on Kirk too because their defense was awful. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't stop a nosebleed down the stretch, and especially in that Giants game, made the Giants. How do you let the Giants score thirty-one points? The yeah. Giants barely can throw the ball with uh, with Jones. Sorry, Kramer. Um, <laughs> but the, but the, like, I don't. I, I I also don't know how Saquon Barkley didn't get more than nine carries. That one kind of puzzled yeah. me with the way that they. But they did move the ball, and um, Saquon got the hard yards when they needed to. Dan Jones. Also was awesome on the ground, uh, 17 carries, 78 yards. But, uh, yeah, I, also for Kirk, man, like it's fourth and eight. There's, You can't throw the ball through. You can't check that down. Like I've, right. I've seen that as a Washington fan for so many years, and then I'm watching, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, really? You're going to do that with the season on the line? So uh, anticlimactic is, is the right word. And it's not like he's a, a rookie or in his first big game. He's got no. enough experience to know better. Like, yeah, yeah it doesn't make any sense. It, it's like the blunder when he freaking uh, kneeled instead of uh, QB spiked it <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Philly in that game. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's still making in these big moments. He just, I don't know. He doesn't deliver. He doesn't deliver. I know the defense wasn't good, but man, you're a franchise quarterback. You're paid handsomely. You got to deliver yeah. there on that last drive. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, their biggest mistake was giving him so much guaranteed money. Bingo. Yep. And uh, we are going to have rivalry week here at uh, the SGP uh, headquarters because the New York Giants are going back to Philadelphia for the divisional round Saturday night. Early line, what we got? We got the Eagles laying seven and a half. You got an early lean in this one? It's too many points for this divisional matchup, I feel like. Yeah. That's my thoughts. I, I like the Eagles to win it, but at seven and a half is too much. Yeah, stay tuned. I, I might I might ride the Giants again. I mean, yeah. it's it's I think this game comes I'm with you. Too many points. I also like definitely I'm gonna be on the unders here, I think, in this next round just because of how much the overs and we've seen some uh over unders already get bet up so far. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early window, maybe an overreaction to the pu- with the public pounding the overs in these early uh numbers. Yeah, absolutely. This is always a fun game because it's like you you have to decide if you're going to side with mom or dad. That's what yeah. it feels like yeah. with Kramer and Sean. <laughs> and, and I'm the defiant child that I'm like, I hope both fucking lose. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And I'm just uh, like, as long as it's not the Cowboys that uh, advance, I'm good. <laughs> oh, God, don't even run through those scenarios where the Cowboys are playing <laughs> one of these two. I'll be like, that means one's guaranteed to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> True. If I got to watch Jerry Jones in the Super Bowl, I'm going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But let's move along into the Sunday night cap. And we already touched on it. The Bills are moving on, and they're going to meet the Cincinnati Bengals because they got it done. But it wasn't easy. Everybody thought the Bengals would roll. They did not cover the eight and a half. And the Bengals get it done 24-17. I think the Bengals are a little vulnerable too now. Another team that kind of isn't getting the criticism that Buffalo's getting. The Bengals have kind of just skated by a little bit. But they are playing really good football in the grand scheme of things because they've won, what, 10 in a row now? Yeah, yep. And I know it's only 17 points that the Ravens put up. Huntley was moving that ball. He was moving it efficiently. And if you think you um, can let Huntley move the ball, watch out for Josh Allen, obviously. Yep. Um, so definitely they need to right the ship. I, again, it's just like the Bills. I know they won, but it wasn't pretty. So they're going to need to right this ship if they want to um, kind of advance, obviously, and make it to the next round where they're going to play either a very good Chiefs team or a – uh, very motivated Jaguars team that has all the belief that they can win everything at that point. If they if they beat the Chiefs, Jaguars will have that feeling that they can beat anybody. Oh, if the Jaguars win that, they're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that'd be that'd be an upset uh, of uh, upsets in the divisional round. But uh, yeah, no, I it's 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 going to be fun Sunday night at three or Sunday afternoon at three o'clock Eastern when. We get the rematch of a game that never got finished. It's it's going to be yeah. Allen Burrow trading punches, but for some reason, I think both defenses will play better as well on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll show up when it counts. Agreed. So, um, for for Baltimore, they finish a year ten and eight, and another weird year for the Ravens, where it's kind of you're just left thinking, "What if, man? What if Lamar doesn't get hurt?" I mean, at one point. They were, I think they were like seven and two or something, right in the mm -hmm. thick of things. And then ever since they lost that Jaguars game at the very end, it kind of just spiraled a little bit down the stretch. Yeah. And, and what's next for Lamar? I mean, I imagine they franchise tag him, but there are some uh, rumors out there. He demands a trade at that point. So um, this Ravens team has a lot of questions to answer because, and do they want to give him a huge contract? Because we're starting to see a bit of an injury pattern here. And that is the concern with quarterbacks that run the ball often. You know, they're they're taking a lot more hits and you have the injury risk. So a lot of question marks surrounding the the future for the Ravens. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100 percent. And I mean, the one thing that we do know, they will be well coached. So uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, it, it will be interesting. Big offseason for the Baltimore Ravens. So we will monitor the Lamar Jackson um, situation. But um Let's move along to the final game of the wild card weekend. And that was the game that everybody remembers last night where unfortunately the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> put it on uh, Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. So uh, what do you think J Mark here? It's I, I thought Dak, I thought Dak, Dak was awesome. I mean, he play, played, played yeah. probably arguably his best game of his career. Yeah, no, agree. Um, this is a situation where I really didn't want to root for either team. Yeah. But, I thought seeing Tom Brady versus Brock Purdy, given where they were both drafted, would have been a better storyline. So yeah. um, very disappointing end to Brady's Tampa reign and 
I don't know, like we said at the beginning of the show, maybe his career. Yeah, I think he's going to end up coming back, like you said. I mean, he gave up his wife and his family for <laughs> this. So I, he would hope that he'd have more than one year. If, uh, the thing with that I didn't get with Tampa last night, clearly they were outmatched. How do you only run the ball like 12 times? I know you're behind, but like if you're only down 6 nothing or 12 nothing, you can still run the ball. Tom Brady can't throw the ball 66 times against that pass rush. Yeah, and that happened multiple times this year. When they go down, they just completely abandon the run, um, and that's a you know that's a coaching issue. I mean, I know they fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, but at some point, Most, yeah, you, you gotta if yeah, you gotta take over and be like, Wait, this isn't working. Run the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they they were not a good team. I mean, they were eight no. and nine. It's, to be honest, the Packers were better than the Buccaneers. They both got a lot of uh, scrutiny this year. <laughs> kind of a year in that. Couldn't you have said the Lions at least? I mean. so, well, I think it's definite that the Lions were better, but like they the lot are the Packers and, and Bucks were like the same team in terms of True. they had old quarterbacks that needed their supporting cast to be good and neither had a good supporting cast. So in result, they both finished eight and nine. The Buccaneers just luck were lucky and played in the worst division in football. And and to reflect how bad they were this year, they were four twelve and one against the spread. Four thirteen and one after last night. So just an all time bad year for uh Tom Brady and the Bucks, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and a, another team that has a bunch of question marks around it going into the offseason. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Brady and the Bucks, Todd Bowles, that whole situation. As for the other side, that like you said, Dak was awesome. I mean, played yeah. out of his mind. Uh, best game of his career, circumstance considered. 25 of 33, 300 yards, four touchdowns. Now it gets real because they are going to San Fran. And, I mean, if you're Dallas, first off, Dallas has the rest disadvantage, which is awesome that they were complaining. It's <laughs> I, I was getting a kick out of that. That's what happens when you are the two seed; you get uh, right. you get an additional rest. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want more rest, Dallas, how about you win the division so nobody feels sorry for you? Um, that's enough on my Dallas ranting. You give the Cowboys any shot on Sunday in San Fran? No, I don't think so. I think the San Francisco game, uh, team is just too good. So. Um... And I just I don't want to give the Cowboys any any uh, credit here. <laughs> Promo code Dallas sucks. Yes, that's uh, right. <laughs> I I agree with you. It's I don't think the Niners are a good matchup for. Uh, oh, well, the Niners aren't a good matchup for many teams. Right. Agreed. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, two historic franchises teeing off against each other in the final game of that divisional round. And let's uh let's go through these uh, opening lines for the divisional round pulling it up over at win bet we have the jacksonville jaguars are going to the kansas city chiefs in the early window game on saturday i am seeing the jacksonville or sorry the kansas city chief says eight and a half point favorites and the over under is set at 53 any early leans in that game I'm going to take the under, and um, I like Jacksonville to cover this. I'm with you. I like I like both the, the, those angles too. I think this is a game, and it's a uh, it's a dangerous team because they're playing loose. 
no mm-hmm. pressure. Doug, coach who's been there, coach that knows Andy Reid and Doug Peterson as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. Early lean in the early week. Does that make sense? Uh, early lean <laughs> earlier in the week, we're both yeah. on the Jags and the under. That gets us to the evening game where we have the NFC East SGPN showdown here. <laughs> New York football giants going to Philly over under 48 and a half. Do we like the dog in the under here as again? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yep. So, man, we're agreeing too much. This is good. <laughs> um, so this this is one of the more interesting lines earlier in the week. And it opened at three and a half, and it's all the way up to five. Buffalo's laying five over or under 48 and a half. Obviously, a lot of motion will be in this game with uh, DeMar Hamlin and that whole situation. I'm sure he'll be in attendance. Do you like the Bills or Bengals here early in the week? I think the Bengals cover. Um, I think this is a three-point game either way. No matter who wins, I think it comes down to three points. I like the under here. Yeah, I think I think the defenses, like you said, are going to play with a lot of pride here, and maybe like a twenty-four twenty game or something like that, or twenty-four twenty-three. So probably lean to Cincinnati, but something I, I am a little hesitant that this line is so big. It's almost mm-hmm. telling us that, that Buffalo might be getting ready to drill the Bengals. So stay tuned. We I may flip flop Benedict in uh, on this matchup. <laughs> so don't I'm not locking anything in. I, I like the under in that one too. And that gets yeah. us to the final game. Um we got the Dallas Cowboys going out west over under 46 and a half. This one opened at four and a half, but has been bet down to three and a half. Oh God. Uh <laughs> Niners laying three and a half. Please, San Fran, don't choke this away any chance you know, we kind of already touched on it we both like san fran although this is concerning me that a little bit that the public is on san fran and the numbers shrinking now yeah uh, yeah that is a little concerning but i st- i still think they're um they're good enough that they're gonna show that they are the best team in the nfc even though they didn't get that number one seed yep and it'll be interesting like i said make sure you tune in all week on the nfl gambling podcast where we are going to preview in depth these four games. We just gave you early leans and just early, I, I guess, opening market report is what we'll call that. So there you go. That's what it is as of uh, Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 on the East or 3.45 on the East time zone, 2.45 where J Mark is in the great state of Iowa. J Mark, eh, closing time. You got anything before we get up on out of here? Uh, just remember that even though NFL is about over, Football's not ending. XFL starts February 18th. Check out the oh, first yes. podcast tomorrow. Um, I think at two, two central we'll have the XFL gambling podcast with me, Colby and CJ. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm, I'm tuned in. <laughs> Are you guys going live? Yes. Yes. Sir. Oh yeah. I'll be tuned in. Uh, yes. Make sure you go check out that XFL gambling podcast. And I know that fantasy football is over, but go check out next season. Um, uh, Old-fashioned football. I almost forgot the name of it since fantasy <laughs> season's over. Uh, yeah, old-fashioned football with Jay Mark and his wife, where they drink bourbon and whiskey. Uh, go leave a five-star there. Leave a five-star on all these platforms. Uh, a lot of yeah. people doing a lot of good work here at SGPN. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac. And it's college basketball season, so go check out the college basketball experience where Colby and I handicap every single game every single night. And give entertainment as well on the side so even if you don't like our picks if you want some good comedy come check us out oh for sure it's kind of like going to a party every night i enjoy it it's you know you the the work day is done you want to unwind so you go and uh just kind of party i like it (laughs) party in the chat I, i love it so 
Yeah, we're getting up on out of here. We'll, J. Mark and I will be back later in the week to preview the Sunday games. Terrell and Scott to preview the Saturday games. Good luck with uh, whatever you're betting on until then. Um, hopefully the NFL this weekend. But uh, don't forget to let it ride.